You're listening to episode 96 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. I love the energy of something new. It can be as big as the new year or as small as a new never tried activity in my lesson that wakes the students out of a midwinter slumber, even if for five minutes. We frequently tend to focus on the negatives simply because such is human nature. And we all look to the new year as a beacon of hope that things will somehow magically change. But the change only happens if these three actions are in motion. We slow down to take a look back, we reflect on our wins and struggles, and we identify where we are now and what is in our power to change going forward. Change can be even more profound if we actually take a closer look at the impact we made both in our personal and professional lives and retrace those footsteps to achieve even greater results. So in today's episode, I wanted to share with you a short reflection of Simply Yeva's lessons and impact and what I'm bringing into this new year to serve all of you teachers of English learners. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. The other day, I was talking to my colleague, and she asked me, how is your year going? I paused for a second and was able to sincerely answer, good, really good. Somehow, after several years of intensity and struggle in one area or another, I am calmly acknowledging the fact that this school year is a much-needed break from the turmoil for me. We never know what the future will bring because we are teachers, you know, and expecting the unexpected, as well as learning how to adapt at a minute's notice, is what we do. But at the same time, this question got me thinking— so many year things happened this year, both personally and professionally. Where did it all start and what have I learned and where am I headed? Well, there are many things that I've learned, but I wanted to hone in specifically on the three takeaways for me as a person uh, and as a teacher and on three most impactful things from Simply Yeva this year. So let's get to it. So the lesson or takeaway number one is this, less is more. I know that it is easy to understand in our heads, but this is what comes up for me. I have to admit one thing. I think I'm a perfectionist. I want the lessons planned clearly and for them to be pretty. I want to follow the plan and ensure that my students learn. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want them to use the words, for example, and concepts that we learned in real life. I want to create separate lessons and quizzes for each of my proficiency levels every day. I want to know if I'm doing things right, so I keep looking for ways to improve my teaching, my lesson planning, my communication. I want to have the time to share what I know with other teachers during the day and have an effective system of collaboration. And I also want to go to the bathroom and have lunch in peace. I mean, that is a tall order for any teacher. And if you're not tired to listening to this, I admire you because I certainly am. So the lesson that I've been learning this year and even before, that less is more in so many, many ways. 
In our minds, as I mentioned, we definitely understand this concept and uh, we likely have tried it once or twice. For example, you know, donating clothes that no longer give you joy and having a leaner closet or throwing out items you have multiples off in the house and feeling like, like you've lost weight. But here's what less is more to me as a teacher, as an educational consultant and as a person means. So in my classroom, I have taken the approach of a bird's eye view rather than micromanaging lesson planning. That means that I'm using a pacing guide for each month and even a quarter, and I find it easier to adapt to what the students actually need in the moment. We have goals, uh, we are going towards those goals, but it is much more intuitive and much more tailored to the students' needs. And as someone who really comes alive when it comes to working with other teachers and helping empower them to understand the background, the needs of, and strategies for teaching English learners, I am looking at more targeted ways to work. I've learned that not everyone is ready for what I have to say and offer when I have to say it. And I'm also aware of the time constraints for so many teachers. So providing targeted information in the form of this podcast, sending a newsletter, directing straight to the resources that will be valuable, and offering personalized coaching to teachers has worked really well. And finally, as a person, uh, this lesson is one of constant learning. When I check my phone less, I have more energy and focus. When I focus on the problems less, I have more things to be thankful for. Now, lesson or takeaway number two is this. And this is something I feel very strongly about and um, probably could talk about for a long time. But Connecting with student families in a real and direct way is by far the most effective method that will give you the most return. So over the years, I have attended many intake and other meetings that involved families of our multilingual learners. And there is one thing that I have been wrestling for a long time with. It is the way we communicate with the families, trying to either sugarcoat things that are truly not working for us and the students, or using big educational words and naming recommended procedures in long, convoluted sentences. If the family is new to the country, and especially if they're also learning English, they will not tell you they're lost with this type of communication, but they are. I was reminded of this recently when, during our district's parent engagement event, I approached a woman whose family had just moved to our town from the Ukraine. She apologized for not speaking English well, and I apologized that I didn't speak Ukrainian. But we found that we both have a pretty good command of Russian. Thank goodness all I had to do was listen. And that's how we started talking. She shared some information with me that is crucial for us as educators to know about her children, yet that will never be shared in a meeting where formal language, lengthy specific vocabulary, filled sentences rule, and uh, sometimes even with a translator, this requires a little bit more of a connection and intimacy, so to speak, with the parents so that they can feel comfortable and understand the procedures and share the information that is necessary. Uh, 
Now, the biggest point being here is that as educators, we all want to ensure we see the students and reach them. Yet digging deeper, even if it's simply adjusting our language or asking the question that might seem uncomfortable, but is absolutely necessary, doing a little bit of research into the specific cultures, ingrained attitudes and expectations of the school and teachers will be so much more effective. So this is what I've learned over the years. This was not just this particular year, but I felt really strongly about this and I want to share this with you. And I'm hoping that you will take away something for you and your teaching situation into this year. Now, lesson or takeaway number three is prioritizing your well-being. Again, nothing new. For many of us, teaching becomes an identity. It is all-consuming, and it is easy to forget that we also have other roles in life. Even more, we forget ourselves with our own interests and hobbies and just simply taking care of us. I had to remind myself that no matter how much I love it, teaching is a job and to embrace and separate myself from it. You are allowed to have bad days and you are allowed to not take on everyone else's problems. This might be a little bit hard sometimes, but as an empathetic person, the amount of information and sheer work knocks me out sometimes. But I have to repeat to myself that my well-being is important and have started taking active steps to it. And here are some things that have helped me to have the right frame of mind. And I'm hoping these will inspire you uh, to take with you. So number one, for the first time in my life, I signed up for the gym. I know it might sound crazy, but I've always worked out at home, especially when the kids were little. But now that they're older, I wanted to do something different, get out of my comfort zone and embrace a community, even on days when I feel like I will not be able to drag my feet and body anywhere but the couch. I make an effort to get to the gym and it's worth every single time. I leave energized and reignited and which is so, so needed for all of us. So find something that lights a fire in you and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a gym, but that, uh, that is something that has worked for me lately. Number two is I take my school breaks seriously. Sometimes I try to find a reason why, maybe because I come from a culture of taking weekends and vacations seriously, or maybe it's just the way I am. But after one summer, during which I squandered my time and energy on doing things that were not completely aligned, I made it a point to vacation like I mean it this past summer. That meant I spent more time with people I don't get to see that often, my family in Lithuania. I traveled to places that were new and interesting. I spent restful days at home with my family here and in nature. And as I felt recharged, I continued to do what I love, help other teachers prepare for the school year. In general, I made sure that my time was spent intentionally and that made all the difference. The third thing that helps me take care of myself is learning new things. So I have intentionally placed myself in a position to learn a new language and it has been reminding me of the language acquisition process and allowing me to look at things from my students' perspective. Very humbling, if I do say so myself. You don't necessarily have to learn a new language, but the point of learning something new gives you such a wonderful opportunity to look at the world from a beginner's angle, which is very eye-opening. 
And number four, this is no news to you, but meditating. I talked about meditation in episode 74 and why teachers should embrace it. It has been instrumental in me keeping calm in situations where it's easy to lose one's cool. And it has given me so much more energy to carry through the day that I have made it a part of my daily routine. I will share the link to the episode about meditation in the show notes. Take a listen to it. And maybe this is something that you can start this year as well. As I became aware of these lessons, other things came into view. Simply Yeva has grown this year, and I'm beyond excited for the things to come. So I wanted to share a few things of our impact that I would be remiss not to mention. I'm so very proud of, and I look forward to continuing this work. And at Simply Yeva, as you know, serving EL teachers and all teachers who work with English learners is the primary focus. So here are the three big ones that um, I can take out uh, from this year. So number one is this podcast has been a game changer for so many teachers. I love recording weekly podcast episodes. Sometimes it is hard and sometimes I'm tired, but the feedback that I get from all of you and the suggestions is priceless. Thank you to all who listen and reach out with the comments and ideas. I'm grateful for each and every one of you, and I'm looking forward to continuing to release weekly episodes. Number two, I hosted the third annual Confident ESL Teacher Summit, which was our biggest event yet. It is my project of love, which I work on in the summer, and I'm beyond thrilled to continue to offer professional development opportunities for all teachers of multilingual learners. Now, the summit guests share tremendously valuable and easy to implement tips that have helped so many teachers. I'm sharing the link to the summit in the show notes of this episode so you can check it out and grab your 15 plus hours of professional development. And number three is I have launched Simply Yeva Coaching for all teachers. Now, this has two parts. I've been serving primarily EL teachers, and I realized uh, that to educate a multilingual learner, it takes a village, it takes the entire school. There are specifics for EL teachers in scheduling, in using uh, the lessons, the strategies. They're specific in our job. And uh, EL teacher coaching is for all of us who are looking for guidance in teaching English learners, connection, want to feel seen and heard, and to build your confidence in lesson planning, classroom management, teacher collaboration, and other EL teaching-related matters. So... This is the, the part one of the Simply Yeva coaching. So if you want to hear more about what it is, what I offer, tune into episode 48 or simply book a call. I will share the links in the show notes. But the second part, the one that I mentioned about all teachers being involved in the education of multilingual learners Here's what I have to say. As an EL teacher, I deeply understand the joys and challenges of serving the multilingual learner population, especially in the context of a smaller district, where not everyone might be knowledgeable about the ways to reach and teach ELs in the regular education classroom effectively. That's why I branched out even more and have opened up my coaching and consulting services to all regular education teachers with ELs in their classrooms and to the school administrators. 
After all, I strongly believe that all teachers are teachers of language, and we must shift our perspective in regards to working with a multilingual population from lack to asset-based. Go to my website, simplyyava.com, to download the free resources and to book a free consultation, Lead ELs to Progress Without Overwhelm. And that is all for today. I shared a lot of information with you in this episode, so I wanted to do a little recap and um, and uh, share uh, a little uh, repeat information. So the three lessons that will lead me into the new year and that I hope will inspire you as well is are these. Number one, less is more. Have a pacing guide, a quarter, quarterly plan, and follow it, but allow for things to change and to be flexible so that you can serve your students better in the moment. Number two, connect with student families in a real and direct way. This is by far the most effective method that will give you the most return. And number three, please remember to prioritize your well-being. That is, when you take care of your own needs, it will help you be a good teacher and give your best to your students. As always, any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram or just shoot me an email. I'm always happy to hear from you. Be sure to book my $0 consult, Lead ELs to Progress Without Overwhelm, during which we will pinpoint the root causes of your struggles in reaching multilingual learners, gain clarity on how collaboration between EL and general education teachers can help transform the culture in your school, and you will learn how my teacher clients create a system of serving English learners in their classroom. To book a call, go to my website, simplyyava.com, forward slash lead or follow the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL teaching podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook, SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.